possible that the Holy Spirit gave Paul something here um, that, that, that helped him see that there was more to the picture. T.D. Jakes refers to this passage and he calls it a revelation in retrospect. And that's what's going on here. Paul is retelling a story, but the Holy Spirit opens the story and says, by the way, there's something else. It's a revelation in retrospect. See, revelation, we think of as um, discerning the future, prophetic kind of revelation. Revelation is about discerning God's purposes in this present cultural moment. You're saying, okay, I think I understand what's going on from God's perspective. But a revelation in retrospect is when you look back and you see the purpose of a situation from God's perspective. And sometimes you don't see it for 10 years. And sometimes you don't see it for a lifetime. But a revelation in retrospect, I would say to you, is probably the way that God has spoken to me more than any other way. And so to, here we are at the first day of 2017. And rather than inviting you to look forward, I'm going to invite you today to look back for just a minute. Let's look back. Let's see what kind of a revelation God has given you in retrospect. Um, I've had a, a, an eye-opening experience because there are things that have happened in my life that at the time I thought were the worst things that could ever happen. But then I realized in retrospect, looking back at it, and this is like sometimes five years and sometimes 10 years later, I'm so glad I lost that job. I'm so glad they fired me. Some of you will look back into the years and go, I'm so glad that person left me. I'm so glad that they unhooked their lives from me because if they didn't do that, then I wouldn't be here and, and then this wouldn't have happened and this wouldn't happen and I wouldn't be living in the freedom that I'm living right now. I have a, uh, I have a really great family. Um, I have two sisters and an older brother and mom and dad. Don't... Uh, don't be fooled. We have our own flavor of dysfunction. And, um, and uh, we can be uh, just as quirky as any family. But there is love in my family. There's always been love. Lots of love. And lots of talking behind each other's backs. But lots of love. <laughs> I have a brother who's a year and a half older than I am. And my brother has always been an idol to me, not an idol in a negative sense. He's always been someone I looked up to my whole life. Like my brother, his name is Fred. Yeah, yeah, I know, Fred and Ed, yeah, go ahead. Um, but Fred, um, he is a natural born leader. He excelled in school, he excelled in sports. I, I just wanted to be like him. And the truth of the matter is I took all of my cues from my brother because, because he, he generally, most of the time, virtually all the time, did what was right. He colored inside the lines. And that is so hard for me to do. He, he just did what was right. And so I learned to park my brain and follow my brother. That's literally what I did. His friends were my friends. I just followed them around. And so when my brother 
graduated from high school a year before I did, and he went into telecommunications. That's what I did when I graduated. And my brother, true to form, graduated from his diploma at SAIT in telecommunications, got hired by TELUS, and within less than 20 years, became the senior executive vice president of TELUS. That's just what he does. I, on the other hand, began telecommunications and failed out halfway through the first semester because I actually can't add. And apparently it's a math-based program. Like, they didn't say that anywhere in anything that I didn't read. <laughs> and, and that really sucked and that really hurt. Because I, 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 you don't, I'm not even gonna tell you because my mark at my midterm was so low they said, there's no use even spending the, the rest of the semester here because you're not going to pass. That's how low it was. And my ego got crushed. But that's not a big deal. It's just ego. But the thing that was most difficult for me was the fact that I did not know who to follow now. And this was a very real problem for me. Because I was alone, I was left all alone and I didn't know what to do. And I didn't know what career choice because Fred had been doing all of my thinking for me and he, everything he touched went to gold and now I'm terrified because what if I fail again and again? And that event for me was a baptism. I didn't know it at the time, it was a baptism. Because in baptisms, something dies and something is buried and something of God in your life is resurrected. And when I talk about this season, it wasn't a one-year season. It was more like a three-year season. But in that three-year season, I, I, I found out a few things. Number one, I have to figure it out myself. And I have to find somebody to follow. And I have to figure out why God put me on the planet. And I have to figure out what, what in the world he wants me to do with my life. And nobody can tell me those things. Nobody can tell you those things. You have to figure those things out for yourself. And so I began this epic wrestling that produced fruit after three or four years. But at least I began to wrestle. God doesn't always explain what he's doing. We just have to walk through it by faith, all right? And sometimes it takes decades for us to understand the purpose of the, of the steps that were ordered of the Lord. You see, God could have delivered Israel from Pharaoh a whole lot of ways. But he chose to deliver them through a water baptism. 400 years. After 400 years of slavery, the children of Israel, they only knew themselves to be slaves. And now they were being born into freedom. They were coming into sonship. And I don't want you to read too much into this. I began to look at the significance. So Paul's calling this a baptism. What, what else was born out of water? And I realized the earth. Scripture tells us the earth was covered with water. You were born out of water. When your mom's water broke, you showed up. You were born out of water. And then, then I began to look through the scriptures. And, and 
over and over again, we see that, that, that God brought things forth through a type of a baptism. The, the breaking of the Red Sea, for instance, was a rebirthing of a nation. For 400 years, they were slaves. The, 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 these people, we, we give them a lot of grief, these Israelites, because they just screwed up again and again and again and again. But think about it. For 40 years, they tried to get off of them what 400 years of slavery had ingrained in them, and that is not easy. And then a new generation comes up, and God is getting ready to send them into the into freedom, into the, into the promised land. And what does he do? He sends them through the baptism of the Jordan. He crosses the Jordan with an entire nation again. And Paul is showing the Corinthians that, that, that what, what God took them through was not just a deliverance, it was a baptism. And is it possible that what God has taken you through in the last couple of years or in the last year or in this very moment is also... Not just the deliverance, but a baptism. And in a baptism, something dies and something is buried. And something of God comes to the surface and begins to dominate your life. God has a way of, of taking us through strange and difficult baptisms. Do you remember Jesus at the very the, at the beginning of his ministry, at the very beginning, the first thing that happens for him to step into his ministry is he goes to the waters of baptism. And John the Baptist, he recognized him and he goes, whoa, I'm not worthy to baptize you. And Jesus said, it has to be done. Do it. But then later on in his ministry, and this is coming towards the middle and the end of his ministry, Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, he says to his disciples, he's pointing to the cross. And he said, I have a baptism to be baptized with. How great is my distress until it's accomplished. Because even that, the crucifixion, was the ultimate baptism. The ultimate deliverance. Our deliverance. I'm going to invite the band to come on up. Sometimes God will take you through stuff that you just don't understand. And by the way, not understanding is, 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 is so difficult for us. If we could just understand, it would give us strength and courage and hope. But sometimes understanding just doesn't. Your problem is very visible. It's much more visible than the purpose of your problem. But the problem for Israel is that Pharaoh is chasing them. But even in the chase, there was a purpose that God had because he was about to give him, he was about to do two things. He was about to destroy their enemy and he was about to show them that they can trust him, that he is powerful and that he is for them. And so while Israel is running from Pharaoh, they're running away as slaves. And when you think about it, as long as Pharaoh was alive, they would always be slaves. And so God takes them through the water and when he, he takes them through the water and what comes out of the water is God and what stays in the water is everything that is not from God. Everything that was chasing them. And you see, the, the, the Israelites, they were trying to leave who they were to become who God made them to be. 
But who they were as slaves kept chasing them. For 40 years, they chased them and chased them and tried to attach itself to them. And there are, God, there are things that God takes you through. And there are baptisms he takes you through to destroy what is chasing you. And this is true for us. We left who we were to become who God was calling us. But who we were keeps trying to attach itself to us. Keeps trying to define us. How many of you wrestle to define yourself by your biggest mistakes, by your worst decade, by your worst year, by your most difficult circumstances? What is that? It's your past chasing you, trying to attach itself to you. And whatever is chasing you is saying, she's my slave. He is my, that's mine. That's mine. All the while the father says, no, 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 no. He's my son. She's my daughter. And he takes us through these baptisms so that the things that are chasing us get buried. They die and they get buried and we become free. So baptisms are places of transformation. A slave runs in and a free person runs out. An addict runs in and a delivered addict walks out. So 2016, I know some of you. It's been a brutal year. 2015 was tough. 2016, whoa, what was that all about? Maybe, maybe it was your baptism. Maybe it was your baptism and your deliverance. So the question that I want to leave with you, what was buried? What, what died and what was buried? And when you think about the things that are resurrected from these baptisms, I think about, my, 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 I, the level of my own brokenness is bigger than it's ever been. And there's an understanding of grace and faith and courage. See, this: what the enemy wants to destroy you with only makes you better. It only makes you better. And at some point in time, he'd figure out that if I, if I leave him alone, maybe they won't keep growing exponentially as human beings, as people of faith, because whatever comes at us, God rises up, stuff dies, it gets buried, and more of God is resurrected in our lives. And so what kind of revelation is God, would he give you in retrospect as you consider 2016? What died? What was buried? And what was resurrected? Let's pray. I'm so glad, Father, that where there is no way, you make a way. And our circumstances seem to have blown our lives into little pieces and we just don't even know how to pull them all together. But I thank you, Father, that all those little pieces are very much in your hand and you breathed on this who we were at the very beginning and life entered into us and you can breathe on all those little broken pieces and they can be restored quickly and more um, uh, 
with more wholeness than we ever had before. I want to pray for those who are in the middle of their own baptisms today. And I thank you, Father, for your grace that's with them. And I pray, Father, they would understand that, that, that they can only see what they can see, but that's not all there is to see because you are a way maker. I pray, Father, that as we continue to be people who seek you and try, try to live our lives in, in, in union and in, and in stride and in, with your pulse, that you would open our eyes again and again, Father, to see your faithfulness and to be thankful and to be rejoicing in you and encouraging one another that where there is no way, you actually can make a way and you will in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm gonna invite our service to come up. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna have communion and the way we'll do this as well. They'll distribute both the elements to you if you wanna just hold on to them. Well, the uh, worship team's gonna take us through a song and then um, I'll come up and I'll lead us through communion together. Just 
Matthew 26, verse 26, the scripture says, while they were eating, Jesus took some bread and after a blessing, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. And Jesus said, I say to you that I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when we drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Let's break the bread together. come to this table we come to this Eucharist with our hearts humbled and full of gratitude thank you Jesus that you made a way for us to the Father you made a way for us to shed the sins that seek to destroy us your body was broken so that our bodies might be whole and healed. And your blood was poured so that we could walk in favor and righteousness with the Father. Thank you. Thank you for your body. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your death. You died so that we could live. And I thank you that there is a day coming, Jesus, when we will actually celebrate with you in your Father's kingdom. There is that day, and there gives us hope to look forward to that day. We love you, Father. 